Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Andrew Allegretta. We actually recorded this on Wednesday for airing on Friday. Andrew will talk some baseball topics and, of course, the big news this week with Vanderbilt's switch to 102.5, the game as its flagship station. Andrew will talk about that and answer questions. So with that, hope you enjoy today's episode of the Vandy Sports Podcast. Andrew Allegretta joins me. We're doing this Wednesday afternoon. It will probably air on Thursday. Andrew, of course, the play-by-play voice for the Vanderbilt Commodores. We're going to talk a little bit about the new radio deal. I know that's exciting news for the school and the fans. We'll talk, again, a little baseball. I've got Oreo in my lap. This is the first podcast I've ever done with him in my lap. He jumped up in my lap, so I don't know how this is going to go, but we control what we can control. (laughs) Andrew, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm almost surprised that this is the first that he's ever done in your lap. And consi- considering his like generic presence in and around conversations, the fact that this is the first on yeah. his lap is actually surprising. This is the oddest animal I have ever encountered. I mean, he just is a strange dog. <laughs> um, sometimes he will go days in time without coming into my office. Um, I think he senses I'm about to leave. I've got to do an appointment or. You and I are done. My wife is working out of the house today, and, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe he senses the uh, – it's about to get lonely around here for, for a little bit. But anyway, um, first things first with baseball, Vandy gets a big win at Louisville on a kind of a weird day with Denny Crumb's passing, and um, we were joking on text during the game. I, I almost sentenced you to an 18-hour game. Instead, it only went 12, so you, you can thank me for that, I guess. It could have been worse. But anyway, your thoughts on what you saw in Louisville on Tuesday night? Uh, I think, generically speaking, it was very, very good for Vanderbilt. Now, it certainly wasn't perfect. I think we saw some good things from guys out of the bullpen that we needed to see good things from. Um, certainly, Thomas Schultz has not been – that version of himself uh, that we've seen at times throughout the course of the season. The fact that he had a good frame uh, was good. The fact that Grayson Carter uh, Carter had a good frame was good. Obviously, wasn't perfect. You could go back to the missed opportunity to finish things off in the bottom of the ninth inning with Nick Maldonado, but um, I don't suspect his confidence will shake too, too much, and I don't expect Coach Corbin's confidence in him to shake too, too much. Uh, I think the offense, you know, it's... uh, you can see where it's pushing through the middle of the season slog with guys specifically like Chris Maldonado, uh, who got the day off, or R.J. Austin, Jonathan Fastline. Not that they didn't come up with hits at all, but you can see where those at-bats um, are fatigued. And even somebody like R.J. Shrek, he's never really pressed throughout the course of the season. And I don't want to put that label on him. Uh, but the past week or so for RJ, you know, he's taken some swings that he typically doesn't take. So, you know, they're charging through it. I, w- I wish they weren't hitting that middle of the season grind, perhaps, with two weeks left in SEC play. Uh, but I know you guys have seen teams at Vanderbilt that kind of, you know, hit some scuffles 
at this point in the season, turn the corner after the, after the SEC tournament uh, and charge through the postseason. So, uh, you know, generically speaking, good. And the fact that they gritted out a win on the road after a relatively quick turnaround in Alabama, wins are wins. Uh, and, and overall, certainly a positive. Yeah, I mean, th- the season has just been a meat grinder. The league is as tough as I've ever seen it. Now, granted, they have played, I think, the easiest schedule in the league to date in terms of conference play. But, I mean, look, it's <laughs> it's the SEC. It's never easy, no matter how you slice it. Um, I, I think they are about to be in pretty good shape. Uh, th- th- just get three out of your last three. Maybe don't lose a midweek game. And I think that'll get them – where they want to be geographically yeah, when postseason I, I mean, hits. Speaking, yeah, I'm speaking for myself, not for Coach Corbin. Yeah, sure. For me, it's get yourself locked in as a top eight national seed, whatever that looks like. Because I do think this team has performed a little bit better at home this season. That's a smidge generic, but the two conference series losses that they have are both on the road with Tennessee and Alabama. Uh, so I'd rather them certainly at the Hawk, as would everybody, uh, for potentially the first two rounds of postseason play. So that, that's sort of how I size up the next two weeks. Yeah, and there's been a little bit of hand-wringing over the pitching, the Holton situation. We'll get to that in the mailbag. But they're pitching. They are still so much further better off than just about everybody in the conference. I'm, I'm trying to find... ERA leaders in the conference. Excuse me while I pull this up. Should have done this ahead of time. But I can kind of take a relative guess at some of them. One of the pitching staff that's oddly better than people recognize is Alabama. Oh, yeah, Alabama's better than people think. Absolutely better than people think. I think they're number one or number two in opponents' batting average in league play. Um, And and some of the teams that you might throw out there at at the top of the heap, not necessarily. Um, Paul Skeens is very much like lifting the entire LSU pitching staff by himself. Uh, So they're in good shape with their pitching. They've had some people get dinged up that has weighed down the bullpen. Uh, The fact that Grayson Moore was out as long as he was, was a problem. The fact that Andrew Dukanich has not been able to get himself 100% healthy has been a problem. And obviously, you know, we can cycle back to it with wherever Carter's trajectory is at this point in time. I don't know, but Coach Corbin has referenced his health in public on-the-record conversations. So some of these things have just weighed down Vanderbilt's pitching staff. But having said that, they're still sitting there with two bona fide SEC starters that they can trot out there with Hunter Owen and Devin Cottrell. Has there been any update on Dukanich? And is that just is that still a hamstring issue? Is there something else in play? Uh, that's my understanding of it. The first part, not the second part. Uh, I don't have any specifics. Uh, I don't have any sort of timetable. Uh, the only communication that I've gotten from Coach Corbin in pregame conversations was he was close, he was close, and then all of a sudden he wasn't close and there was some sort of re-aggravation with what was going on. So uh, whether or not he comes back, I don't, I genuinely don't know. Uh, but as far as I understand, it's not been the same situation that's been prolonged. 
Okay, I found the conference ERA in pitching leaders, and you've got to have a minimum of one inning a game. So it means relievers can be in here. Here's here's the ERA chart in conference play. I'm going to read this one to fifteen, just so people uh, can is, can is know. Devin Futrell still number one, or is Skeens one? No, it goes Skeens two twenty two. Again, these are SEC only stats. Futrell number two at two twenty seven. Yeah. yeah. Christian Herberholtz. Number three at 245. He's at Auburn. He just hit the rotation, I think, at some point in conference play. I'm looking at the top 15 in innings. He's not in there. So that's probably a kid who started maybe four or five times. Uh, and, and eventually, you know, if you hit the rotation in the middle of the year, unless you've been hurt or unless you're a stud, that, that's probably one that's going to go up. Number four, Hunter Owen, 313. Um, although Owen and Owen is eleventh in innings pitch. Futrell, by the way, second in innings pitch, one behind Skeens. Again, these are all in league play. Number five, Hagen Smith, Arkansas, three twenty-four. Number six, Evan Ashenbeck, AM, three forty-one. He's a reliever. Number seven, Charlie Goldstein, Georgia, three forty-five. Number eight, Andrew Lindsay, Tennessee, three eighty-two. Again, he did not start SEC play in the rotation. Nine, Luke Coleman, Alabama, four twenty-six. I think he's missed some time. He's really good, as you know. Number ten, uh, Zach Lee. One notable game, Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one specific game. Uh, yeah, that people people might have paid some attention that to that one. Notable, yeah, notable. <laughs> that was that's all other time. We don't have time for that one today. That that had to be weird. Um, anyway, Holman Holman nine four twenty six. Zach Lee, Kentucky, who pitched very well in Nashville, uh, ten at four forty five. Will Cannon, Auburn eleven at four fifty. Followed by Cade Smith, Mississippi State four sixty eight. Drew Beam, Tennessee four seventy four. Tommy Vale, Auburn, four eighty six, and Hunter Holland, fifteenth at five eighteen. Your number fifteen pitcher in the league in ERA has got a five eighteen ERA. Um, nobody from Florida in there. Not another LSU pitcher in there, and Chase Dolander, who was in the running for one one overall, uh, not in there. So, um, that's hey, it's hard to pitch in the league. Vandy, I still think, is in tremendous shape, even yeah, without. That's my takeaway from all of these numbers, Chris. Not to like deviate into a bigger college baseball conversation, but the offensive um, bent to the way college baseball is going at the moment is the takeaway. I mean, if you go yeah. into that same chart, Chris. And look at team ERAs. I think Vanderbilt is first, second, or third in team ERA. And they're still fairly elevated uh, in the threes or the low yes. fours or something like that, right? So everyone is popping the baseball at this point in time. The fact that Jack Hank Leone has 26, 27 home runs, whatever it is, everything leans toward offense with the way that I don't really think it's the bats. I think most people would point toward the baseballs at this point in time. Um, but because of that, and the way that people structure their mindset around stuff, it, it's, it's an offensive game. So the, the pitching stats are elevated for sure. Oh, it's don't go. It's I think the baseballs are something, but it's there's still stuff going on with the bats. I, I didn't believe it or not. Um, yeah, no, 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 no I, I know. I didn't. I didn't mean like uh, illegalities. I mean in terms yeah. of like the way that the physical product is constructed currently. I think more people would point toward the way that the balls are right. constructed on like a universal level as being a primary contributor to um, elevated uh, offensive numbers. Now the bats, now you're talking about an individual or an individual team situation. I don't necessarily have anybody that I can point to. I don't know. I've not gone snooping. 
I've been like semi-present for some of those bat testing things that are now done by the umpires slash team personnel. Um, so I don't have any details on that. I just meant from like a universal level, I think the balls are creating some angst. Why don't you go snooping and get back to us next week? That would make for an interesting show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it would. I'm, perhaps sure. I'd receive a phone call from someone. Right. Perhaps. But in all seriousness, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, and I think two things can be true, right? Or three things can be true. It can be the bats. It can be the balls. It can be tampering. Uh, and I, I think yeah. you've got, I think even, even if nobody were cheating, um, I, I think you, you could still potentially have a problem, but anyway, that's, that's a whole other discussion. It sure is. Let's get into radio before we do the mailbag. Yeah. And because I know you guys had exciting news, you're going back to 102.5 or, or maybe not going back, but going to 102.5 is your flagship station. I know, uh, not to throw shade at any other stations, but it's always a better arrangement with a better signal with a sports station. That's a place the school hasn't been in a while. And I think I could tell that fans were excited to hear that. And I'm sure you guys are too. Yeah, we are. Um, we're very, very excited. Um, and not to go into the weeds on the process or whatever, but I think what I wanted to be able to do with the fans is kind of communicate the structure of this. Um, uh, because, if you didn't read the press release, there is some, there is some like minute details that I wanted to make sure I touched on. So our new home for football, men's basketball and baseball and women's basketball, but we'll start with the primary three there with football, men's basketball and baseball, starting with next season, 2023, 2024 will be one Oh two five. The game, um, that is with the exception of dates in which there's a Preds conflict. So, what we stepped into with this agreement, which I think ultimately we're still very, very thankful for, and we're very, very supportive of, and we're extremely excited about, is the recognition and understanding that right now the Preds' um, top slot goes, or I should say it's the 1025, the game's top spot goes to the Preds. Um, we are number two in their pecking order. We're certainly a very, very close number two, but if the Preds have a game, we're going to slide to 94-9 the fan that's football, men's basketball, and baseball women's basketball starts on 94, nine, the fan, and then would slide to 93, three, which is the current affiliate uh, that we have for football and men's basketball. What I wanted to communicate to fans more than anything is starting next season. If you're going to listen to one of our games, if you're jumping in the car, if you're driving to the game, if you're leaving the game, if it's a Saturday afternoon and the baseball team is playing, start with one Oh two five. If you don't hear the game, go to 94.9 the fan start with 1025 then go to 94.9 the fan that's mechanically what fans need to know they don't necessarily need to get into the weeds on like puzzle construction and all of that sort of stuff but again start with 1025 go to 94.9 and again we are thankful like we've got wonderful relationships with people over at the preds so i think there's a level of us being on a station with the Preds, you know, we've done the Smashville showdown. I know some folks over there, obviously Corbin's gone over there and Clark's gone over there and they've done, you know, um, sort of that pregame ceremony for them. We've got really positive relationships with the people over there. So we've, we've got kind of a symbiotic relationship with the Nashville Predators. So we're thrilled to be a, a part of that station um, moving forward. So we're thankful to the people at Cromwell Media. Uh, we're thankful to um, Candace Lee, we're thankful to Tommy McClellan, we're thankful to Jeff Miller at Learfield that, that did the bulk of this negotiating, Phil Brain, who assisted with it over at Learfield. There's a lot of people to thank, but um, 
I think, I think we all recognize and Candace kind of talked about it, that we want to put ourselves in a position that we can uh, reach as many people across the Vanderbilt um, demographic as possible, whatever that looks like. Right. So that means doing the best we can with social media. That means doing the best we can with television. That means doing the best we can with radio, with all of that stuff. So wherever we can step into a space that better reaches our fans and better serves our fans, we're going to do that. And 1025, the game is a part of that. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast has been made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. Just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. What people love about Jody's office is the ambiance. It's relaxing. It's friendly. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. Whether your needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody today. Call him 615-270-2322. See him at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown or the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player and a huge Commodore booster, so go and talk Vandy sports with him while you're there. Go see Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of this podcast because without it, this season would not be possible. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. I don't see any negatives in the direction you guys just took with that. Now, does that change anything on the app or is that still you get everything in the app just as you would before? App is 100% the same. That's not going to change in the slightest. Uh, so if you're outside of the reach of 1025, the game for a football, men's basketball or baseball broadcast, or for some reason we're not on 1025 because the Preds are playing uh, and you're outside of the reach of 94.9, which still has a good reach, by the way. I mean, you're talking about getting pretty much all the way down to Franklin and then stretching up past Hendersonville. So it, it, it gets basically all of Metro Nashville. Uh, for some reason, you're outside of market. You can go to Vanderbilt Athletics app and you can, uh, on the bottom of that app, is a live audio button that takes you to a place to stream any one of our broadcasts. So the app will work. Uh, exactly the same. Uh, the only thing I would add, Chris, on all of this, um, I'm not the right person to be the one that thanks WNSR for 20 years uh, working with the baseball program and the women's basketball programs here, but I know enough that they need to be thanked because uh, that's a long tradition of our fans listening to Vanderbilt baseball on WNSR, whether it's 560, whether it's 94.9, as they've added that signal throughout the years. Um, I mean, I've, I've heard the stories directly from Coach Corbin about the moment that Joe called the Worth Scott home run versus Tennessee and the fact that um, you know, that call made its way to Joe and all of that sort of stuff. That, that tradition, that history, the two national championships aired on WNSR. So I'm not the right person to do it, but I know enough to, to thank them for, for being really first-class partners for so many years. Yeah, they, they did carry your stuff for a long time for sure. Okay, other stuff, pregame shows, those kind of things, coaches' shows, does anything change? How does that all look? Uh, so the Commodore Hour, which has been airing on 94.9, is going to shift to 102.5. Uh, the game, again, with the exception of Preds conflicts, but 102.5, the game is going to be the primary homes of the Commodore Hour. Um, we don't have a schedule set for that next year. Typically, it's been Monday nights at 6 p.m. I would hunch that that structure stays the same, uh, but perhaps there's a conversation to be had down the road on exactly what 
the timing, the date, the location, all of that stuff happens to be for the Commodore Hour. But the primary home from an over-the-air standpoint is 1025, uh, the game for the Commodore Hour. Pre-game shows are going to be the same. Uh, football broadcast will still start uh, 90 minutes uh, in advance of kickoff. Football, as far as I know, uh, I should say men's basketball will start uh, 30 minutes in advance and baseball starts 15 minutes in advance. Post-game shows will all still be uh, the same. So as far as I know, none of that stuff has, has, has changed. It's just uh, football, men's basketball, and baseball you can pick up on 1025 the game, which looks, again, is, I mean, that's great. Like if the, if the baseball program as well continues to have the success, which by the way, nothing is guaranteed <laughs> as much as we want it to be. Uh, but if the baseball team continues to have success, you've got the opportunity to, to have postseason play supers, regionals, Omaha, whatever on one Oh two five, the game and, and really augment the, the reach of what fans can get a hold of in those moments. So we're, we're thankful top to bottom for it. No doubt. Hey, let's get in a couple of questions from the mailbag if you got a moment. Let's do it. All right. Our mailbag is presented by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. GoTours94 asks, do you know how many people listen to the games on the radio versus streaming on the app? Uh, to be perfectly frank and candid, I don't. Um, I do know that, you know, Metro's, you know, Na- Nashville's population these days is almost a million people, right? Uh, and close to it, right? Six, seven, eight hundred thousand, something like that. Uh, so, you know, just just by by augmenting the reach of the signal, which 1025 the game does for us, um, on the FM side, um, you're you're dramatically elevating the number of people that that will get to our game just based on pure population and the fact that you know 1025 game 1025 the game has has just a stronger um you know market share not to get into the ratings nonsense but i don't have an exact number but i do know that the number of people in nashville is greater than the number of people that have downloaded the app (laughs) so um you know there's that well, I'll add a little context, and, and I'll be the one saying it, not you, not that you asked me, but having once worked for WNSR, I know that they did not pay to get in the ratings, and so it, it just was always hard to know exactly who was listening and how many were listening from the radio side because of that. I know the app side, you guys may have some some numbers to, to share or not yeah, share, I, I but, got, I, but I, I know for the radio side, it's it, but, I, just yeah. before anybody says, hey, Vandy doesn't know, even know how many people listened, uh, that, that, that part I don't think is on you guys. Uh, no, not necessarily. And, and, you know, not, not to be goofy about it, but like sometimes it, I don't want to know in either direction. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's some days where it's like the numbers are really high and like, Oh, I don't really want to know that many people are, are listening kind of in a ha ha funny way. And there's sometimes when I'm sure it's a, you know, the Evansville game, which is in the 17th inning at like two in the morning, you know, that's a different deal. Uh, I will, I will, I will say we had Nate Bargetti into the booth uh, for football, um, and look, not that, not that it should be surprising or anything, but you know, Nate came came in and I said, hey, my name is Andrew, and he goes, yeah, I know, I've listened to your time or two. <laughs> That's one of those moments where like I, I don't need yeah. to know that Nate Bargetti is listening to the broadcast, as cool as that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah, he he was. I think he is or was a subscriber to my site. Um, so that's <laughs> I know what that that's like. Um, okay, let's see. B three Vandy, and I think this will be the last yeah. one I've got a chance to to get to. Um, Vanderbilt used eight pitchers in nine innings against Louisville, essentially using one pitcher per inning. Louisville did the same thing, using eight pitchers for nine innings. There were several Vandy pitchers that gave up zero hits for their inning but didn't return. Louisville had one pitcher who was hitless in one inning and didn't return. Did the coaches agree before the game just to use one pitcher per inning? Louisville ran out of good pitching and lost the game. What do you think about this strategy for Vandy and Louisville? Uh, first off, no. Um, I think it's a byproduct of not to be uh, short with that response. It's 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 very much a byproduct of where we are in the season. I think yeah. the the only thing that I would take away, Chris, from all of that is, well, first off, Tuesday oftentimes is like a bullpen day for guys, so you can either just throw them in the bullpen or you can throw them for an inning, right? So there there's always a bullpen day for guys during the midweek. So a lot of guys would have it typically on Tuesday or Wednesday. So you can just throw them during the game. The only thing um, that I walked away from the pitching use and coach Corbin alluded to it with just kind of the health status of the pitching staff. Not that it's like in the dumps or a huge problem. It's just if Grayson Carter, who typically throws, you know, 70, 80 or 90 pitches on Tuesday through one inning, I think it's indicative that they think they need Grayson for the weekend. Um, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know who, who's going where. I don't, I have no idea, but that was, that was the one thing that I walked away from the depth of pitching use was just if Grayson's throwing an inning and he typically throws three, four, five in the midweek, they probably need him against Florida. Any parting thoughts before we go today? Nah, anchor down, beat Florida. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I'd like to, I'd like to go to Florida and win the series and come back home and win the series versus versus Arkansas. I'd like, I'd like to win one of. This is all personal, right? This has nothing to do with whatever what Corbin thinks. I'd like to win one of the next two to say that you won seven out of your ten uh, SEC series. I think if we win one out of the next two, whatever that looks like, we're going to be first place SEC East, and I think it becomes really, really difficult to leave the winner of an SEC division out of a top eight national seed. And yeah. again, that is with this team, that is my focus. Um, I, you know, who knows who gets slotted in your regional or supers. And those are going to be really, really tough games. I think this team has performed better at home through the bulk of the season. So I'd like to see them at Hawkins field for the regionals and supers. If we get that far. Well, we got a lot out of the pod today on, on radio and on, on baseball, and we got out of it without an Oreo interruption, which is a, hey. kind of a major upset. It just means he cares about you, Chris. You know, he spent all but the last two minutes in my lap, and he barely moved. <laughs> good, good for him. I'm the one that had the lawnmower and the airplanes taken off on a gorgeous yeah. afternoon here in Donaldson. Yes, this is uh, – man, it, did it not – for people not in the Nashville area, and it, it's been doing this every year now, it goes from, I don't know, you know, cool spring to to bang summers here just like that. We get – it seems like we get no in-between, no run-up of, you know, 70, 75. It just goes straight from, from 55 yeah. to 85 these days. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, I did think of one other thing very, very quickly. And then I know we both need to go uh, to anyone. If you happen to listen to this 
that made the trek either to Atlanta, Chicago, Memphis, or Houston for the Commodore Caravans. I was at the Memphis stuff. That was a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. We got a good crowd out, very uh, uh, passionate Commodores that wanted to be there, wanted to listen to Clark Lee or Candace Lee. If, if anybody made any of those stops in Atlanta, Chicago, Memphis, Houston, thank you for coming out. We had a lot of fun. That's one of those things, too. I, I recognize a lot of other places have done that. Um, but the basic premise being we ask fans to come to us all of the time, come to our game, uh, come to First Bank, come to Memorial, come to Hawkins. It's our chance to, to go back out there to the fans. So uh, if, if anyone is listening that showed up at any one of those stops, thank you for being there. Well, Andrew, uh, thank you for joining us. Best of luck in your trip to Gainesville. Thank for, for you. Uh, you didn't have like a, a 5 a.m. arrival back in Nashville, which I was you know starting to wonder when the, when the game got late. I almost jinxed you, but I didn't. 130. Oh, okay. Well, it could have been worse. That's that's bad enough. <laughs> that, 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 there's not a lot going on between Louisville and Nashville. Yeah. No, no, there's not. There's a couple of lovely rest stations, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah, and a lot of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of darkness and a lot of 18-wheelers. There's no doubt. Yes, yes. Well, Andrew, thank you for joining us. Again, congratulations to you and the school on the new radio deal. I know that's exciting times, and uh, we look forward to to hearing you on 102.5 in the fall. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.